Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am so excited because I have my old good friends with me today. So I have Seven Sister Marilyn with me. Hi. And our, I mean, I have known Barb since before her kids were born. Yeah. So Barbara Barnell. <laughs> and uh, I asked them to come and visit with us again. We've, we've had them visit in the past, but ch- things are changing in the college application process. And Marilyn and Barb work with our local homeschoolers, getting them graduated and into college. And so they have in the know at the moment, you know, feet on the ground experience with this. So, ladies, let's just jump in. What do colleges look for these days, and what are the changes in the application process? So, let's start. You guys were telling me ahead of time about S R A R. I never had to deal with that. You know, so okay, hop in there and let's let's start with. We've got Common App and we've got S R A R. So, explain that to those who need their blood pressure to go up a little bit. <laughs> okay, well, Common App is you can apply using one application to a number of colleges if the college that you're applying to actually uses the Common App. Um, then and some give you a choice. And some do give you a choice. And you do have to actually look at that choice. It's tempting to say, okay, I have all six colleges and they all use the Common App, so I'll just use the Common App. But sometimes, especially for quirky homeschool students, um, it actually works out better for them if they use the college's application because they're much more able to highlight the extra stuff that they do versus the Common App, which is much more of a box. That is a good point. Can y'all think of a student with Penn, Penn State? Uh, Penn, Penn State yeah, is my own, my own daughter, and then I've had a couple of students actually apply to Penn State this year. And the Penn State application is definitely better at highlighting quirky students than the Common App. And, you know, we homeschool families tend to allow our kids to develop their quirks. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so, yes. like, in- interests and, and expertise and giftedness and things like that. But we want to show those off on the transcripts so that colleges really know out of thousands of transcripts and applications they look at what goes best. So if a college had their own application it might be best to choose that one. Yeah, you need to look. It might not make a difference, uh-huh. but it may make a difference. That The hard thing with Common App is you can't see it really ahead of time. No, but a student can make an application. It, it's free to actually make a... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, to log in and to make an account. Okay, so they don't have to hit send if they get no. it filled out. No. As a matter of fact, you can look at different colleges' applications on the Common App without ever having to actually hit that send uh, button to those colleges. Good. So take a deep breath, get a cup of hot tea, relax. Start early. Yes. Say that again. Start early. You know, <laughs> we, we always do an Instagram meme. <laughs> yes. Like, start early. How many times can we say it? Yeah. All right, so now, so we've got Common App, and the different colleges often have their own application process. Now, explain the S-R-A-R. Okay, it's self-re- well, self-reported I- assessment report, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, S-R-A-R. Yes. That's how you mean to know. Um, so what that is, is the s- colleges don't require an uh, advisor to send a transcript to them for the 
students who end up having their application. The initial application. The initial application. Um, Eventually I, they will. <laughs> right. So what, But what the students have to do is they have to make an account on this SRAR system and then input every single solitary class that they took, the number of credits and the level it is. So essentially they're taking their transcript information yes. and putting it one thing at a time, time into this SRAR. And do you have any idea why... Yes, I, I think I do. Okay. Um, I think it's because a lot of in traditional schools, the guidance counselors don't have time to actually send transcripts to the colleges and do all of the filling out of all the forms. It takes me a long time. Well, this is very true. I mean, you had this job before yeah. I did. Yeah. So you know how long it takes. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about having 300, 400 seniors, maybe mm -hmm. half of which are applying to colleges, mm -hmm. that takes a substantial amount of time. So in, in a sense, this is the kids become the guidance counselor yes. for the detail work. For the there. detail work. And then eventually whatever college the kids get accepted to and they accept, mm -hmm. then the final transcript the guidance counselor still has to send and then you have to make absolutely sure it, you haven't made any mistakes and it lines up. Because if it doesn't <laughs> line up, your offer of admission can actually be rescinded. All right, so everybody take a deep breath. Just breathe. Oxygen's good. It'll clear your brain. It'll lower the stress hormones. And as Marilyn said, start early. So Yeah. This is not something you want to do two hours before the deadline hits. And no. Procrastination is not your friend in this case. So, Marilyn, you were mentioning about the ACTs and the SATs and the, the changes in what many colleges are looking for now. So back in the years when my kids were applying to college, uh, most of the East Coast schools took SATs or required SATs, and the West Coast schools required ACTs. Now we're finding that many colleges prefer the ACT or they don't require any standardized testing at all. So we recommend our students not send their scores when they're first signing up for the ACTs or SATs, don't put any schools in there that you're going to send them to. Wait and see what they're like. That costs you a little bit more, but it might give you a better scholarship or get into a school that you really want to get into because bad ACTs or SATs could work against you. Yeah, and y'all were given an example of a student that is an outstanding student but the ACT scores weren't quite as reflective and what was the consequence of that? Well they were applying to a school that didn't require the um, actually it's interesting I, I didn't tell you this they applied to two colleges one they were required to send the ACT scores uh -huh. one that they didn't apply to to, um, to send the ACTs they were accepted both but the ones where they got had to send the ACT, the scholarships were based on the ACT, and they're not getting enough money to actually go there. Uh, the okay. college that didn't require the ACT, they have a full ride. Say that again? They have a full ride scholarship so, to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> What 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 was what was the difference like? The difference was once you put it, and you had said it earlier, the colleges have an algorithm mm -hmm. to determine scholarships, and if you provide them with the with an ACT score, they're going to stick it in because if they have an algorithm, they're going to use it. Yes, yes. Um, so if they if however they don't require it, they're going to then start looking at transcripts and. I can't, I can't emphasize enough that if your student is not good at standardized testing, 
you need to really buck up their transcript, which is what this kid has done for four years. So, so give an example for this kid, if it's if you feel like it's all right, of ways that he bulked up his transcript. Well, again, looking at going into a STEM field. He was STEM. So, uh, looking at taking uh, all of his math and sciences at level fives. Mm-hmm. Um, doing, getting very involved, naturally very gifted public speaker getting involved in the rhetoric team which which I run in which we've talked about before mm-hmm. on this program um, and getting involved in competitions so having awards on that um, he is a swimmer for our school he's a phenomenal dancer um, so keeping up with those extracurricular activities uh, taking some quirky classes um, you know uh, because of you know studying because of the involvement with dance studying some of the history of dance at mm-hmm. home and things like that putting mm-hmm. those on the transcript so bulking up the transcript from from levels from extra classes extracurricular activities all the stuff that you have and said. awards and awards competitions yes. and awards so Marilyn you were mentioning that also they need to bulk up their extracurriculars but they can't just have 42 different ones a lot of the colleges now in the self-reporting system or just in the regular application will only allow the students to include extracurricular activities that they were involved in two or more years. So the jumping from one thing to another isn't going to look as good on your application. That said, exploring various things isn't a bad idea it's yeah. just that there needs to be at least one thing that has remained fairly constant mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so that you know to take an interest and really explore it it shows the stamina and and dedication that colleges are often looking for but part of the reason we're homeschooling is so that they can try on different hats and do exploring right. so right you can't only live for a transcript no, no, you can't. But you need to be judicious at, you know, at, at thinking about what's what would probably be a good fit. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, by the time your kid hits high school, you should have a good idea or a reasonable activity of something that they're interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and if you don't, you need to start earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, that's- part of that is that colleges are smart enough to know that kids will join an extracurricular activity in junior and or senior year to put it on their transcript. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, so I, they, the two-year thing kind of circumvents that. Yeah. <laughs> are you finding that colleges, <clears throat> excuse me, are y'all finding that colleges are looking for service evidence on the transcript or common app? They often like it. They don't require it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a student, especially in the college essays, mm-hmm. um, or if it's, if um, like we listed on our transcript, mm-hmm. colleges do value that because there's, they're looking for students who are going to be active in their college. They're looking for co- for students who are going to be active at helping to promote the college, to do stuff in the college. So if they see that students are active in their community and their school in high school, they're going to assume that those same students are going to be active in college life as well. Yeah, I, I want to highlight that is colleges are looking for a kind of student that's going to make the college look better. Yes. So if they have an active student who is involved in the community, they say, okay, this is the kind of kid who's going to build our school's reputation. Yes. 
So that's a, it's a thing. Don't wait till junior, senior year. Teach your kid to be involved in the community. And you can't wait till senior year because you're applying at the beginning of your senior year. Right. So those things basically don't count in in terms of applications. They they count on the final transcript, but not for application. Right. That's why junior year is such a it, big Well, year. and that's yeah. why it's too late to even yeah. start in your junior year. Because you can't get two you years You can't in. say, I've yeah. done this for two years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, the one other thing that I've noticed and this is kind of changing the subject a little yeah. bit, but colleges have wanted, is a lot more colleges and scholarship committees have wanted specific letters of recommendation from specific teachers who have taught your child specific subjects. And we've run uh, into that more and yeah. more the last couple of years. Say, all right, say that again, because parents need to plan ahead for mm-hmm. that in ninth grade. Um, you know... That it's been more than one college. Yes, we've also had that in like the military academies. And yes, all. right. Yeah. So say it again. That uh, colleges and scholarship committees and military academies will are looking for letters of recommendation from teachers who have taught your children specific subjects, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they're specific subjects within the last two years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as homeschoolers, we need to think about that. Because a lot of times we're just teaching our own kits. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at a college that requires somebody to write a letter, a math teacher or an English teacher mm-hmm. uh, to write letters of recommendation, and you and it's just you've only taught them English and you've only taught them math, um, you might as well just strike that college or a scholarship application off because they're not going to accept a letter of recommendation from you. You know, it's. It, I remember a long time ago when I was working on my licensure as a counselor, all the paperwork hoops I had to jump through and just, it was ridiculous. And, and I was the first kind of counselor of my kind because I was the first person who got a lot of their degree by distance. This shows my age. <laughs> and so it was extra things I had to do. And one day I was telling my director, I said, I'm so tired of this. I'm not going to do anymore. I'm, 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 I need to be respected for who I am. And he said, Vicki, do you want the license? And I said, yes. And he said, well, then play the game. And so <laughs> basically college application is a game. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that are stupid, like you have to have a recommendation letter from a teacher teaching a specific course. That's the game. We had a student who needed a letter of recommendation from someone who had taught an English course, even though she was going into a STEM field. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that just took that college totally think, out. Totally right. out. And there's a gazillion colleges to choose. And mm-hmm. if you don't like the game they play, they, you know, there's other ch- colleges to choose. But there is a big game. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that the letters of recommendation, we had some, we had the University of Maryland actually come and talk to our students oh, that's uh, this cool. early. Yeah. And it was interesting to me that she said that the letters of recommendation that they get from teachers and especially uh, from guidance counselors or academic advisors matter a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Which made me live in fear and trembling. Yes, yeah. you know, <laughs> because you're writing those letters. Right. Yes. Uh, but I was really surprised to hear a representative from my large state school yeah. say how much letters of recommendation actually do make a difference. And that, that segues a little bit. And if your students applying to college and needs letters of recommendation, 
How would they go about getting a good letter of recommendation? Do you have any suggestions? Well, first of all, they have to ask nicely and not ask the day before they need it. <laughs> say, say that one again. Yeah. They're both of ask those. nicely and not the day before you need it. Have you ever had either experience <laughs> on the bad side? <laughs> we have. Yeah. And they have to actually have behaved well and worked hard in a class. They don't necessarily have had to get an A in the class, but they have to show the teacher that they're willing to work hard they have to show integrity. That one sometimes makes us cringe and not want to write a letter of recommendation because they're supposed to be honest right. in their letters of recommendation, and they ask some questions about those things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know that before I was an academic advisor, and basically I have to write letters of recommendation um, when I was just a teacher. I there were a couple of students that I said I think you need to find somebody else mm -hmm. to write it mm -hmm. because I just didn't feel like if I was going to be honest they hadn't particularly shown you know a drive and ability to really care <laughs> and I was going to have to say that and I thought well maybe maybe it was just my class and they could you know <laughs> Else. I, I know as you know writing the academic advisor letters for students who weren't the A students but they worked hard and mm. they contributed there's all kinds of ways you can really shine for that student and right. really make them look good in an academic Sometimes advisor better. letter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 it's it's honest but you want the college to understand what an outstanding kid they they are even if the grade doesn't reflect that. But there are also ways when you're required as a guidance mm -hmm. counselor to write a letter of saying yeah, no really, no. <laughs> But to say it in a very professional and kind yes. way, it's just the data that you leave out. And so there's, you know, we have to be honest as, right. as counselors. Well, and, and they often have a part that's kind of like multiple choice that you highly recommend, you mm -hmm. you know, yeah. with different levels. Barely and, recommend, yeah. <laughs> not, don't and, recommend. And if you're writing it with integrity, you can't say you highly recommend someone who slacked off and was disruptive in class or you know any of a number of things or you kind of wondered if they took that essay off of the internet mm -hmm. those kinds of things don't work well yeah yeah so that's you know a a relationship your student develops with other teachers or guidance counselors over the four years of high school help build that application right right um, and the one thing too is if you are, again, as homeschoolers, we, we oftentimes teach our own kids. Mm -hmm. So if you're intentional and going to have your kid take a particular course from a teacher because they're going to need a rec letter of recommendation, I would make sure that that teacher is willing to write a letter of recommendation before you take the class. Because we have run into a couple of cases where they haven't been willing to take the time and do that. Oh, and because it's not something that they're getting paid for, it's not right. part of their job description. And it's time consuming yes. and it has pressure to it. So. Right. Um, so that's the one that's the other thing. If you're again being intentional about it, you need to make sure that somebody is willing to eventually do that if it if if it's required. Insider information. Yeah. That is good to know. <laughs> Any other suggestions you guys would give about applying to colleges or preparing to apply for college? Start early. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like recommendation letters. Uh, I mean, they're, sorry, the application essay. When should they start working on that application essay? Probably at the end of their junior year. Yeah. yeah. And all time. summer. Yeah. Because um, the college app, the common app essays don't change a lot from year to year. Yeah, they're and up they're, already. Right. And, they, and they're very yeah. similar. The, except for a few really quirky schools, the types of essays that they write for that are very similar to what a, a specific college application is going to ask as well. Does Seven Sisters have any curriculum that might help with they that? They just might. They yeah, might. They have a common app. They have an application essay <laughs> section. I'm very familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> Having composed that yourself, so so where would where would people find that, Marilyn? SevenSistersHomeschool.com. <laughs> we'll put links in the show notes. So, all right, we better wrap it up here. So this, everybody, just take a deep breath. Our homeschool students have been getting into college for decades. This is this is a lot of work. It's okay. They'll get in. Just breathe and, and start early. <laughs> All right. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next week.